So, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, right? Because, you know, so I come in this morning. Some dear, sweet people. Y'all, some dear, sweet people. And some of you are even dearer and sweeter than you may know. Right? Because some people say, so glad you finally got a haircut. <laughs> you were looking a little wild. Your beard. Thank, thank you. <laughs> Saying your beard was a little bit crazy, too. And I said, oh, you're so special. You're so sweet. And then I walked to another person, and they said the same thing. And then I walked to a third person, and they asked me, hey, you got yourself cleaned up. When is your court date? <laughs> I didn't realize. Made you feel better, but, thank you. Thank you. you know, and the thing was, right, they said, well, the beard, right? And the beard was all kind of kind of shaggy. But the beard is a powerful, powerful feature. And I found that the beard is a very powerful feature, right? Because you can stroke your beard like this, you know? And people think you're thinking deep. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what is he doing, right? Without a beard, you can just sit here and they're like, what do you, what, you got something on your face? No, but with a beard, you can, you can do this. Right? You furrow your brow and you're like an 11 on an intensity scale. It's impressive, and you realize, though, that in reality, we're not really thinking about anything deep. I am literally thinking, I wonder if I shut the garage door. <laughs> That's crazy. I know, it was crazy. Well, yeah, I had to get the haircut, because it was just getting a little too crazy. So I had to. But oddly enough, right, beards, that's not really what I'm here to talk about. It's not, right? Um, you know, you, you go through, we go through our day, right, and... We're bombarded by a lot of things. We're bombarded by the news, right? You know, latest headline. So much craziness, right? It's going to grab your, it's going to grab your attention, right? A shooting. Insert any headline. A, a shooting, a politics, a, a financial, right? 15 months of COVID, right? Everything is like so, oh, I... A few weeks ago, this was one that was really caught my eye. And bear with me, right, because I got a point there. There was a Chinese rocket that was going to crash into the earth. They didn't know where it was going to go. Right? And this was news, right? And I actually saw an article that said, hey, if this Chinese rocket lands on your house, will your home insurance cover it? And I'm like, really, how desperate are you to get me all spun up that I have to worry about a rocket falling someplace from out of the sky and landing on me, right? But it's just to get you kind of going. It's just to get you spun up. Because, you know, when you get all spun up, become emotional, I got to have the next story. And the people who do that, right, like media, they want you to look at the next story. They want you to watch the next news article. They want you to click, right? That's what we do. And they feed on your emotions. They literally just, they, they feed our emotions. You know, look at this, clickbait, news headlines. Media, right? And here's the funny thing, right? It's the world wants your time. 100%. Because when you're giving your time to the world, getting spun up in your emotions, what you're not doing, what you're not doing is what you should be doing. And even when you think you're doing, right? When you think, well, I'm going to pray about this because I read about it. Where's your heart in the prayer? 
if your heart is full of emotion that is only spun up because of the world, is your prayer really valuable? Because is, is God going to be able to hear you and respond to you? What is your motivation behind your prayer, right? And emotions bring panic, too. Think about the last year, like I said. COVID. Hate to bring it up. But it started out, it's over there. That's kind of crazy. Oh no, it's over here. Now I got a little skin in the game. What is it? Well, we really don't know. Where is it? We really don't know, but she's going everywhere. What do I do about it? Shut off. Shut off. Just, just shut everything down. And then sit and stew. Sit and stew. Right? Get your emotions going. But not necessarily in a positive way. Not necessarily in a positive way, right? Financially, boom, we're hurting. Jobs, everything. It's just, it was crazy. I remember, I remember a year ago, a little over a year ago, we were down in the basement. Pastor calls us all together. What are we going to do? What do y'all want to do? Said, well, let's give it a couple weeks and see how it goes. <laughs> Here we are 15 months later. A couple weeks. Didn't know. And, but but let, me, let me ask you, though, right? If you, if you think back, it wasn't like everything was just perfect. Two years ago, stuff was still going on. It was just that this was the latest thing, right? The latest emotion, the latest emotional prodding. It was done on a big scale, mind you. But there's always something, always something going on that's going to push your emotional buttons if you allow it. Always. I'm sorry to break the news to you. Always something. And if you doubt it, just think back. Just think back to anything you've saw. It's going to be positioned in a way that gets you spun up and rarely spun up in a positive way because people will go one extreme to another. Politics, economy, health, relationships, emotions. Oh my gosh. The world plays on those emotions, right? And here's the. Oh man. Before Facebook, before Twitter, before Google, Israel still managed to get spun up. They managed to get spun up, right? But in, in their getting spun up, I think we have a, a lesson that we can learn. Israel reacted emotionally to situations and never really in a positive way. Moses goes up on the mountain. He stays up there for a few days. They get nervous, say, we need a calf. Why do you need a calf? But that's not the story I'm going to talk about here. So remember, right? So Egypt has Israel as they're slaves. Can you please, Maria?
There we go. Okay, so Pharaoh was finally decided to let Israel go. So when Pharaoh let the people go, understand that these people had just watched their God lay out a whole host of things that would, A, tell you that he really is in charge. So when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not let them lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. Right? So your road ain't always going to be the shortest. And this is so beautiful. I love this. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So if I take them through, I'm, I am God. I have just led them out of Egypt. But I know if I bring them through where they face war, they're going to throw in the towel. Their, their emotions are going to get the best of them. And what emotion is going to get the best of them? Oh, she's a powerful one. It's called fear. Fear will take you out of the game 100%. And God knows that. So he says, no, we're not going to take shortcut. Because I know you aren't really ready. Obviously, God is still God, but you aren't ready, right? They might change their minds. All right, so that's, you know, they face war, they face struggles, they come afraid, nervous. If they let their emotions get the best of them, they're, they're done. Even though they just saw me do all that I just did. We wouldn't do that, though, right? I mean, hold on, this is me. I wouldn't do that, would I? I, if we're honest, right? it's just us, right? Every day. Every day. <clears throat> he never said I was going to abandon them either. Right? He just said, if I even just take them, they're going to... Uh, 18, please. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. I love this next part. Remember, God just said, if you're faced with war, you guys are going to throw in the towel. Here's Israel, though. The Israelites went, out, went up out of Egypt ready for battle. They were literally their own hype man, and they believed it. Although God, who actually knows the heart, in their mind, they were ready for battle. God knows your heart. There's a difference between your heart and your mind. Israel says, we're ready. We're ready. Let's see how well that works. They were ready for battle, but they were they really? Because God had just said, if I actually put them in a war, they're going to cave like a house of cards. Cannot have that, right? They thought they were. Their emotions were riding high. Emotions were riding high. They were, they were so stoked. They were so pumped up. They were so full of themselves. Mm -mm -mm. That is not going to get it done, folks. When you are full of yourself, you'll find out that's just hot air. I'm sorry. There's no substance there. And remember, God knows your heart. They were thinking. So, your, your, your mind is an understanding and a thought, but your heart is your commitment. God knows your heart. 
you don't have this one, Maria, but Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not with all your mind, but with all your heart, because it's where your commitment comes into play. So, because then this, but because Proverbs also goes on and says, and lean not on your own understanding. So, with your heart trust in him, stop thinking because when you start to think you're going to get distracted, you're going to get led away and you're going to get emotional and things are not going to go well for you. Okay? Okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So, they could travel by day or night. I want, now, okay. Not to diminish this. Cloud, pillar of cloud, that is awesome. A pillar of fire at night, though. Literally, the sky on fire. Come on. Come on. That is just unbelievable. Can you imagine you're marching, you're walking, you have a pillar of fire at night. Everybody sees it. That's impressive. I'm sorry. That, that, I mean, that, come on, please. All right? The next verse, please. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. It never left. Follow this. I'm right here. I'm not leaving. This is God. I'm not leaving. Follow me. All right. Israel watched God's presence every single day. He led them. He never left them. Never did. Right? But, it, but the backstory here is that also back in Egypt, Pharaoh had said, hey, I'm missing them. I want them back. I'm going to go get them. Now remember, just a few verses ago, Israel was ready for battle, but God said, you ain't ready for battle. Now Pharaoh has said, I miss them. I got a lot of work to do. I want them back. Okay, I'm going to go get them. I am Pharaoh of Egypt, the most powerful country in the world. Right now, I am it. going to go get them. Now remember, they're being led by God. Can you go to uh, 14 next one? <laughs> you have God in front of you. You thought you were ready for battle. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. God had never left. God never left. You look behind. You look behind you. And they were incredibly bold and brave and were still ready for battle. Nope. No, they were not. No, they were not. In fact, they were terrified and cried out. What happened to your hype man? And nothing has changed. Nothing has changed about your situation except you looked in the rearview mirror and you said, oh, no, 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 no. Nothing changed. God's still in front of you. 
It doesn't really know if this was day or night, but I'm going to assume it was sometime during the day just because they could see back there. But so you still got you, but you woke up in the morning, there was your fire. You're following the cloud. And you're looking behind you. And that's where, that's where little trouble's coming. And they were terrified, which is what God said. I can't lead them through the Philistines because they'll be afraid if they're fought, if they have to fight. They thought they were ready. God says, no, you're not. Here we go. We got a little, putting a little rubber to the road. Oh, they're coming. And um, they cried out to the Lord, right? As if, obviously, in the front, he did not know what was going on back there. He, right, so they, they cried out to God. Uh-oh. We don't ever let a circumstance or a situation that we see in our rearview mirror distract us, do we? I mean, I, I, no, 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 I, that's rhetorical. That's rhetorical. I'm, this is only for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I get terrified easily. Just saying. Verse, uh, verse uh, 11. They said to Moses, <laughs> these guys, this, was, this, one, this one right here actually makes me laugh. Because what they said to Moses is, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? Like, seriously? You're going to be snarky? What have you done to us by bringing us out? Now, a moment ago, they were pretty stoked. They had a pillar of fire leading them. They look in their back window. They see this army coming, and suddenly, why'd you bring us out? We were happy. We were happy. And, well, and then we have the little attitude, right? The attitude, well, there was no graves in Egypt, right? So you decided to bring us out here. Nothing had changed. Not one thing at this point had changed except for their mind was drawn away from the pillar to look behind and see what they saw. That's what changed. Their perspective, right? They stopped looking ahead and they started looking back. Verse 12. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Just leave us alone. We're good here. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. They still hadn't died. Nothing at all had changed. Nothing. Except they looked back and the heart wasn't quite as committed as they originally thought in their own brain. All right? So much for believing their own hype. They're getting a little shady with their comments, and they're complaining to Moses, you should have just left us. We were happy. We told you to leave us alone. I was happy where I was. Mm-mm-mm-mm. We don't do that, though, do we? I mean, when we're faced with a situation, how do, how do we respond? When, when, when you see something, how do you react? When you hear something, how do you react? When you read something 
And more importantly, how are you reacting when you say something? How are you reacting? Are you reacting as in, I was happy where I was. Should have just left me there. Or do you say, look forward. Stop looking behind. Number 13, please. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. He had already delivered them. He had already established who he was. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the difference the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. You should have been able to draw some hope from that. You should be able to, even today. The Egyptians that we have following us, if we stand firm, we stand firm, they're not going to be there. It, but the thing is, you've got to stand firm. You've got to allow this verse to happen. The Lord will fight for you. What's the last part, though? You only need to be still. You need to still your mind. You need to st be still in your spirit. Right? You need to stop being emotional. You guys look behind you. I am still God. I am still this pillar of cloud, this pillar of cloud and fire in front of you. And you all got distracted by the Egyptians, which I already took you from once. Did you think I was going to let you go back? I'm just saying, come on. You only need to be still. Right? You see Facebook posts, Twitter posts, Instagram, news, who cares? Just be still. Just be still for a moment and you'll be all right. Be still. I'm sorry, baby. I get excited sometimes. Okay? How did they forget the deliverance, the leading of them? How? We wouldn't do that, would we? We wouldn't forget about the last time God got us out of a situation that, oddly enough, we got ourselves into probably. Right? We got ourselves stuck someplace doing something that we probably shouldn't have been doing, and he still got us out. But we don't ever remember that. That was easy. There's nothing else that's behind me. What about this next thing, though? What about this next thing? Next thing's going to get me. Next thing's gonna get me. Oh, I mean, we wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. I probably would, though. Fifteen, please. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Oh man, I tell you what, this one. I love this. I absolutely love this verse right here because this is. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Why are you crying out to me? Why are you crying out to me?" At what point did you all decide that I needed to be as nervous about the situation as you? When, when, did, when did that happen? Tell the Israelites, move on. Move. Why are you crying out to me? Now, now here's the thing, right? There are most definitely times that you need to cry out to the world, to the Lord. 
100%. But I think there are also times where you need to be still. You need to be still. We need to be still. We shouldn't actually just lose our mind every time and because there comes a point where you need to have some level of faith that says, I'm not going to lose my mind over this. I'm not because I know that he's got me from where I was to this point. So why would I get myself all bent out of shape? First of all, nothing else, right? There's other scriptures that talk about, pff, I already know what you need. I know what you need before you even ask for it. And here he is telling them, why are you crying out to me? Why are you crying out to me? I think we need to make sure where we're crying out to him from. Are crying out to him from our mind and emotion, or we're crying out to him from our heart? Where are you crying out from? I think Israel was crying out from their mind. They were scared of a situation. And he's saying, oh, this doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me. I am not going to, I guarantee you, I don't believe that God's nerves were rattled by Pharaoh and his army. But I do believe they were rattled a smidge from Israel and how shallow their faith was. How shallow their commitment was. God's chosen people, I have delivered you. I have already beat Pharaoh once. And y'all still are just going to lose it. Really? He knows this. And yet, I think that... Why are you crying out to me? What are you doing getting all emotional with what you see? Am I not still in front? Am I not still leading you? Am I not God? Why are you worried about them? We wouldn't let a situation... Put us there, right? We wouldn't. Y'all wouldn't. I probably would. Now, we're going to jump, but obviously the Red Sea was parted. Israel walked across it. Pharaoh tried to follow him. The Red Sea came back around. Oddly enough, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Mm. The next one, Maria, 1431, please. And when, the, and when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Once again, this is Israel. They are so... They, Moses, well, where there were no graves, so you decided to bring us all out here to die. We told you we wanted to stay. Now all of a sudden, oh, I forgot, God is God. Thank you for the reminder. I'm going to fear God. Now, how many times, no, no, you don't, but sometimes we like to let God in and we, and we might offer suggestions on how best the situation could be rectified. Although we understand that his plan took the situation into account already. So there's really not anything that we are going to do that God's going to say, hey, I didn't see that. He's never going to say, I didn't see that coming. 
Not only is he never going to say that, he's also going to say, there is nothing that's going to change my plan. There is nothing going to change what I have already established since the beginning of time. So stop letting it. Why are you crying out to me for this? Okay, okay. God don't get nervous. He really don't. And when we try to put our fear, our nervousness, our anxiety, our angst, I love that word, our angst onto him, why are you crying out to me? I am, I am above this. And you should be too. Amen. You should be too. Because if you're with me, if you're with me, which you are, why are you still getting bent out of shape? Why are you crying out to me about this? Mm. Consider, consider just for a moment. A couple of points. A, there is no limit to God's power. There, there, there's none, right? We have limits. We have limits all over the place. We have limits intellectually, which he says, my thoughts are already above you, so don't even try. Physically, we get old, decrepit, we get tired. I hurt so much every day getting out of bed sometimes is a struggle. God don't even sleep. He says, I don't need sleep. So God, there is no limit to his power, so then why do we base our limits, or I guess, Push our limits on him. I think we do that sometimes. Oh, man, somebody's coming up behind me. No, just keep looking forward. Amen. Right? I'm not saying you don't need to address the things that are behind you. But don't let them consume you. Don't let them take you out. Don't let them, don't let them shake your faith. Because that's a little bit bigger than just some bad news. You look back and you see the army of fear coming up. He ain't afraid. We look back, army of sickness coming. I ain't afraid. He's the healer. We look back, we see the army of chaos. Nope, I put order where there was chaos. Here's one a little bit more closer. Army of that financial struggle. Please, please. How many times do we need to, you're going to sow, you're going to get more. So he's, he's provided. He has provided. As long as you don't get emotional, as long as we don't get crazy. Thinking about a moment, army of regret. I shouldn't have, I should have. He gives forgiveness, he gives peace, he gives freedom, he gives all those things. As far as the east is from the west, he gives that. Don't push it away. Don't get nervous. <clears throat> Next one, please. Uh, John 16, 33, please. This is Jesus now, right? We left the Old Testament, now we're in the new one. I have told you these things. 
Why? So that in me, me, which is God, right? We got that whole thing down. In me, you may have peace. No stress, no anxiety. Me, you can have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but it's momentary. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart. Hey, don't, don't let things get to you to the point where you're immobilized. Because if you are immobilized, you're probably going to get caught then. You're probably going to get caught. So maybe you've got to move on. Maybe you've got to move forward. Maybe you've got to dwell less on that moment or what you see in that mirror, that rearview mirror. And with, instead, look out what you see in the, through the windshield. Jesus gave up his life that we could live. Blood, the Red Sea wiped out that army that was chasing Israel. Jesus' blood can wipe out those armies that are chasing us. They can, right? I mean, we can cross over on dry land because of what he did. We didn't do it. We couldn't do it. Israel couldn't even stay faithful for a couple of weeks. We actually can walk over on that dry land because of something he did for us that we didn't deserve. The only reason we have it is because of his love. Because of his character, not ours. Let that Red Sea on Calvary wash away those armies that pursue us. Right? Washes away fear, anxiety, worry, regret. It was done for a purpose. That purpose is salvation and deliverance. I overcome the world. Why are you still sweating so much of it all the time? Why are you crying out for everything? Where's your faith that I got this? Where's your faith that I got this? What part of this have I lost you in? Why? I don't, I don't, I, I, this is me, not you. This is the conversations that I have. Stop looking back at the armies of the world. They ain't going nowhere until the end when they're fully wiped out. And the armies you see today, you will not see again. Just saying. I'm almost done. I got, I got one more. <clears throat> Frederick Douglass. Some of y'all might know him. He was born a slave. Okay. He escaped. Became an abolitionist. Unbelievable orator, politician, writer, incredible. He had a say, he, he, there's a quote that is attributed to him, and I think it works to me. It works for me. It works for me. As Frederick Douglass once said, I prayed for freedom for 20 years. Oddly enough, that's how long he was born into slavery. 
I prayed for freedom for 20 years, but received no answer until I prayed with my legs. Move on. Frederick Douglass is like me. Pray for so many things, but I do it sitting. I do it sitting in a situation. And I think God is actually telling us, move on. Move on. I already know. Move on. That's it. Short and sweet.